Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Bruins dropped one in Toronto and advanced to 10-2-0 through 12 games and remain first in the Atlantic, first in the Eastern Conference, and now tied for first in the National Hockey League with Butch Cassidy's Vegas Golden Knights. I'm Joey Capone. That's Rob Tachi. Rob, what's going on, buddy? Feeling tired. Yeah. Feeling, feeling pretty drained after the last, I don't know, 36 hours. Yeah, there's no point in beating around the bush. We should probably just get right to it. Yeah. Probably just talk right about it. Uh, I'm also approaching the point of burnout. If there wasn't a game today and we had to wait another 24 hours to do an episode on this, I think we would have a very different approach to it. So it's almost a, a it's a good thing that this game happened when it did, because this is like the perfect point where we haven't yet gone over the hill into total burnout land. But we also have seen all the takes. We've had time to digest them. Uh, we've heard from uh, front office members. We've heard from teammates. We've heard from other people around the league. We've heard from the commissioner of the National Hockey League. So a lot of voices have been heard. This is, I would argue, like the perfect time to be doing this. And obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that we're talking about the signing of a one Mitchell Miller by the Boston Bruins. Uh, I don't really want to dive into the controversy surrounding him. You, I think if you're listening to this, you're either aware of it or you can look it up on your own. I really don't want to dive into unless you do, Rob, but like, I mean, not in detail. I don't um, want to either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that I, I, I woke up this morning and I think I told you this and I intended on writing something about this because yesterday I had a lot of thoughts bouncing around my head. And when I need to work it out, I, t I tend to write it. And when I sat down and really started reading more and more articles about it, even found police reports I was reading, I just got, I, that's really what got me. It's what drained me. I got pretty upset, got pretty emotional at a few points. Um, so I, I don't, we don't, I don't think we need to go over the details of what Miller did. Um, but to, it, this is just tough, man. Like, Oh, uh, it is. It is. And it, and it was immediate. It was immediate. Like the second I saw the tweet, first of all, you could tell just from the fact that the tweet was like a generic photo and just the sentence period. Here's the link. It's over. It it felt like, hey, this is probably going to get some bad reactions. We're just going to throw this out here in the middle of the day and then back away. And like maybe maybe some people won't see this. And immediately, I mean, my first thought was like, I think I know that name. Why do I know that name? Like that sounds that sounds familiar. And uh, one tap into the replies, people were like, are you fucking kidding me? And uh, normally, I think you see both sides of the coin, especially on a place like Twitter. You could go on Twitter and tweet like, I really like to have a toothpick every now and again. And you would get at least one person that's like, you should be murdered for this. This is the worst. Toothpicks are the worst thing that have ever been invented. My father know? was a tree. How dare you? How exactly? So the fact that from what I've seen anyway, 99.99999% of people are all just on the same train and are all saying, what the fuck are the Bruins doing? Really exemplifies just how poor of a decision this is. And we'll go through this in like some bigger detail as we go along here. I don't want to just like shoot my wad here at the beginning, but there's like, 
just an endless list of dumb things about this. It, it's one of the most moronic, tone-deaf, short-sighted, short-sighted, just ignorant things that this organization's ever done and that, that you could really imagine any sports franchise to do. And, and it goes so far beyond like, hey, this guy has some controversy around him. Do we still want him? It's not just that. And if, and if it was just that, then then you might see two sides of the coin. You might see some people going like, hey, let's give this guy a chance. Like, hey, that was a while ago. Or, oh, you canceled just because of one thing. That's when you get that kind of discourse. The fact that you didn't should really point out how far this is from that archetype. Um, I know you had a lot of thoughts. I got some too, but uh, I, I want I, I want yours because I'm sure yours are more well-constructed and thought out, and I know you brought some stuff out. That's bold of you to assume that, but thank you. Uh, I mean, sort of the point you're making earlier about when we're talking about this, about having time to digest and read more and more about it. Part of, like you would think at some point there would be some something that was said, some shred of evidence that would come forward that would be like, all right, well, maybe there's just no perspective here. There is no angle that makes any fucking sense. Every every piece of information that's coming out about the story further solidifies how insanely stupid this decision was and how wickedly complacent the team is being with what Miller did. It's one thing if you didn't know, but it's, I mean, Miller was drafted in 2020 by the Coyotes. Even the Coyotes then knew what Miller did. And it wasn't until it became public that they had to backtrack and be like, oh, nope, just kidding. Miller gets kicked out of the Coyotes organization, gets kicked off of his college team. A couple years go by, and apparently enough time goes by where NHL teams, not just the Bruins, are now deciding, okay, well, this kid's pretty fucking good, and it's already been two years. So then it becomes about seemingly weighing his talent and potential contributions to their team against the PR nightmare that is associating yourself with him. So for the for the Bruins to have all that information before they decided to go forward with this is insane. Mm-hmm. For them to not consult the victim's family whatsoever, it's crazy to me. For them to have a press conference where they're somehow in the same breath trying to defend this kid's right at a second chance while also distancing themselves from him, saying that... I categorically can't tell you this was the right decision. It's a quote from Don Sweeney during the press conference. I can't tell you this was the right decision. I can't tell you that if it were my kid bullied, that I could forgive him. I will be the first one driving him back to the airport. And also when I asked the leadership in the locker room, their their response was why. Uh, But also, hey, guys, give him a chance. No, no. No, I don't think I will. No, uh, and I, I, back to what you're saying about like the nearly unanimous response to this. I mean, eight billion people on the planet. You're going to get some people on the other side. 
And the only arguments you really keep seeing are, oh, you didn't do anything stupid as a kid. Oh, we're going to erase his whole future over this. I didn't even see that. I don't know 14 year olds that commit hate crimes for a decade. I didn't know 14 year olds who were doing the shit that Miller was doing repeatedly and seemingly without remorse. Pleaded guilty in a juvenile court and the magistrate in the court basically was like, I don't believe you feel remorse at all. And you're only saying this because it's negatively affecting your future in hockey. The family of the victim are saying, we don't believe him. Like the only time he's ever apologized is the court forced apology. And then last week when he tried to message him on Snapchat. And you and I, we, we shared. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, it, yeah. He, after being court ordered not to speak to him, by the way, he added him on Snapchat and then sent an unanswered Instagram apology. And in it made sure to include like, hey, this isn't about hockey. I just want to, you know, apologize. And then just so happens to get signed three days later. Yeah. Uh, and even worse is this is a, a quote from Miller about it saying how he tried to add the victim as a friend on Snapchat. But quote, but I doubt he wants to add me back. I obviously don't know what he's thinking in his head, but I think it might be embarrassing for him. Maybe he is feeling down. Maybe he didn't feel appreciated by his friends that were supposed to be there for him. Fuck off. Fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, and and that's all. And again, like back to my thing about everything about this makes it worse. Every time he opens his mouth, nothing he says even remotely gives an inclination that he's someone who like is aware of what they did was as bad as it is. Mm-hmm. And has any amount of remorse, like genuine remorse for it. Not like, oh, this is really screwing up my future remorse. You know what's crazy is that article that that quote is from was like a paid for puff piece. No. Like that that's something that like him and his family, like presumably this is like speculation, but like this is like it, this is not uncommon. It, like that you you pay a publication to say like, hey, I need some good PR. And, and that's pretty much what that is. Like that article is basically titled like, does this kid deserve a second chance? And it's full of him saying things that like definitely like his agent or whatever told him to say, where he's like, I can only learn from this. I have no excuses. I was wrong. But then also every time he goes off script, he says some shit like that. Like maybe he's just embarrassed and his friends should have been there for him. Like that's who the fuck you are. That's who the fuck you are. I don't, don't come into my city. Don't put on my Jersey. Um, I wanted to read something because I was going to paraphrase this and I wanted to actually look it up to read it. Um, this is from a fan, uh, named Jillian Murphy, uh, who reached out like many people did as I know somebody on this podcast did to, uh, the fan relations department who, uh, at the Boston Bruins and, uh, <laughs> Jillian, much like the person who did reach out on the show was also met with an email that was like, Hey, we're experiencing a really high volume of emails right now, so it might take us a little bit. Which is like, wow, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, when I read this earlier, I was like, oh, that's a good way to put it. Like, I should, I should use similar words. And then I was like, what? No, I shouldn't rip this person off. I should fucking read her thing. Um, that's how the media works. So uh, this is from from Jillian Murphy to the to the um, fan relations at BostonBruins.com. In case anybody wants to email, um, this is just a short passage here uh during the press conference sweeney stated that players from the leadership group asked why when they were told of his signing if your own players are questioning the decision then it seems pretty clear that this decision was a colossal mistake does it not 
why disrupt the locker room chemistry of a team that is largely viewed largely viewed as having the best culture and leadership in the league? Why invite expected backlash and negativity into the organization? No player, no matter the scale or talent, is worth destroying the culture and reputation of the franchise and its players. That's yeah. that's been my biggest thing. Is like, why the fuck do this? Like, it, the, if you're a small market that's struggling and there's a kid who has some good potential and your team blows, like, I don't know, the Arizona Coyotes, like, that's the team that takes a chance on, on a guy like that, right? You don't have a solid culture. You don't. You don't have a strong veteran leadership group. You don't. You don't have, like, a huge fan base, a bunch of media around you and like a desperation to just try to win some games. You don't. And that team still said no thanks. So to pull in a guy who, by the way, by the way, to pull in the guy without consulting the league. Yeah. Holy shit. Bettman has said that this kid is not playing in the National Hockey League anytime soon. I, I, I'll look for the, for the quote, but it, it really doesn't matter. But what he said is this kid's not playing. Like maybe down the line, but I can't guarantee that he'll ever play. If, it, if he got called up tomorrow, the NHL would not allow it. So without consulting the league, you signed a guy. That let's check all the boxes of what this guy did. This is not just the negative things. This is just the only things. This is all the signing has done. And and please let me know if I'm missing any boxes here. You signed a guy that has made your fans angry, made your players upset, put an embarrassing national spotlight on you, and he can't play. Like, what? Without hyperbole here and without being rhetorical, I'm genuinely asking... What could be worse? Like in in what like in our actual reality within the spectrum of actual possibility, how could a signing this quickly be any worse than this? And in in what fucking world was this going to go over at all? Like how smooth-brained is the Bruins front office to think that fans will either just not know who this was or to know and be upset and eventually just kind of get over it. I think that's like, what they expect is like, no, they'll get right. over it. So I, okay. Well, something I, I kept thinking about is devil's advocate, dangerous game mm -hmm. to play. Going to play it now. You are the Boston Bruins. You just got ranked last in the league for farm systems. Oh shit. Remember that kid two years ago got drafted next He's put up 83 points in 60 games. USHL Defensive Player of the Year. You're hearing uh, whisperings that uh, NCAA teams are interested, that NHL teams are interested. Hmm. All right. Well, now it's a game of who is willing to let the least amount of time pass to sign this kid. Who is willing to take the PR hit to get blue line depth in a couple of years? Who wants to play that game? Apparently, the Boston Bruins want to play that game. Apparently, I have a better idea. Oh, yeah. What is it, Joe? Hit me. Don't fucking suck at drafting and and farming players. Don't suck at that. Don't don't strike gold 
three, four, five times and say, see, we did it. Maybe just maybe just draft better players. Is that is that a crazy idea? Maybe just don't give this kid any more attention. And, and maybe I, that too. All right. And I know I'm kind of it's, bouncing it's, it's all the, I know I'm bouncing all over the place here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but another argument in, in place of the like, you know, oh, uh, like we're gonna ruin this kid's future, another chance. This isn't a second chance. And okay, this is actually really getting into the heart of what's pissing me off the most about this is that the language the Boston Bruins are consistently using is saying that th- there was an incident when he was 14. They keep implying, if not explicitly just saying, there was one thing this kid did when he was 14, which is just... And if that was the case, we would, I think we would all be on a very different page. Yeah, that that's way more nuanced. Still, like, hard to come back from, but way more nuanced than the victim's mother coming out and being like, actually, this was from the first grade through the eighth grade, when the lollipop incident occurred. And then for at least two more years after that, that is not an incident over those 10 years, hurling racial slurs at this kid. This is where I was, I was reading the report. And I, I nearly fucking cried is all this kid wanted was to be Miller's friend. He put up with all this abuse because he, because it meant he got to hang out with him. Did you read this this one this actually made me this made my blood boil a little bit. I couldn't read the whole thing. Did you read Miller's like handwritten apology to the victim? No, no, I didn't. I'm sure it was terrible, awful, awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got that that too. Yeah, uh, and like he uh, used he used the human being as a punching bag for a decade, is what he yeah. did. And then back to the Bruins and the language they're using. Yes, I'm aware in reality, this is PR for them. They're not going to do anything to draw too specific of attention to what happened. But the Mm -hmm. fact that at no point in trying to convince us, the fans, and just like fans of hockey and people of the world, that this kid is remorseful for what he did Mm -hmm. and what he did was terrible, they never use the word racist or racism. How, How more can you circumvent the reality of what occurred i think i think the one place i've heard race in this whole conversation is from patrice bergeron i think he used the word race i think i think he just said like you know we're we're you know a group that doesn't discriminate based on race or gender or any other way of life or or whatever like whatever term he used i think and that's the only way he used it too i i have the full but, bergeron quote if you want me yeah, to go yeah. forward with it uh so this is bergeron was interviewed in the locker room along with uh, they showed videos of bergeron marshan felino and montgomery being interviewed and bergeron uh said quote the culture we built here goes against that type of behavior we're a team built with character and character and character people what he did is unacceptable, and we don't stand by that. In this locker room, we are all about inclusion, diversity, respect. Those are key words and core values that we have. We expect guys to wear this jersey to be high-character people with integrity and respect. Hopefully, there is growth and change. If it's the same 14-year-old walking in this locker room, he would not be accepted and wanted and welcomed. Our culture is not going to change. It's something that I'm proud of. We don't need to change that. The changes are from the individual himself. I mean, first of all, so strongly worded. Second of all, he didn't even use the word race. He used the word diversity. Yeah. So that I mean, that's, yeah. But that's about and, as close. That's like towing the line for the Bruins, I'm sure. Yeah. And truly everything you're going to hear from the players needs to kind of have this vetted filter on it. 
Yeah. So you kind of like this is where you, you have to kind of like read between the lines or get the subtext or even mm-hmm. like kind of look at their faces. Like when they asked Montgomery, like he, he went full thousand yard stare and just had mm-hmm. to take a breath. Like there's no way that this team that was rolling 10 and one immaculate vibes is even remotely doing okay or felt okay about upper management having been like, hey, we're going to sign this racist piece of shit. Are you cool with that? Is that good with you? And they were, and their first response is, why are you doing this? Mm. And then they do it anyways. And then they fucking send out golden boy Patrice Bergeron to take the fucking brunt of the media from them. Be like, no, you talk about it. You explain it. We did our press conference. It did not go well. You go and tell them. You have to go up there and use your PR language and try to dance around the fact that you were pretty pissed off that this kid is now technically representing the spoke beat. So we've talked a little bit on this show about Bruce Cassidy's um, end of tenure with the Boston Bruins and about how tumultuous that got at times and about how certain guys, namely Patrice Bergeron got with him. It is so funny that it's not that funny. It is uh serendipitous that immediately before Bergeron in the locker room was asked about Miller, somebody got uh, a question in beforehand, which like props to this reporter. I don't know who it was, but like, I don't know why he needed to go first. He's like, Patrice, Patrice, the pressing thing everyone wants to know. Bruce Cassidy's Vegas Golden Knights are doing really well right now. What do you uh, What do you have to say about that? Well, you and can't I'm ask sure, that question afterwards. <laughs> like, I'm sure, that's true. I'm sure the other reporters are like, what are you doing? That's what you want to <laughs> ask him. But but Patrice did plan. answer it. And what's funny is that like, like you know, you know, all hockey players are putting on PR language. But but Patrice is like praising Butch. And um, it's just funny when you when you have a little bit of a glimpse and you know, like how Patrice actually felt and what he says in that response is like something to the effect of like, oh, he was great here. And, uh, you know, uh, when when, you know, things change and, and, and he, you know, moved on and sought sought coaching somewhere else. We knew they were going to be successful wherever he went. And I, I wish him all the best. I'm, I'm really happy for him. And. So you get a, a gauge of like how thick the PR veil is, yeah. you know, like, you and know, then, off, you know, firsthand or not firsthand, but you know, for a fact that that is bullshit. Yeah. And you know that that's like a really thick filter. Yeah. And, you know, he's applying that same really thick filter. One question later. So that answer that you're getting from Patrice Bergeron, where he's like. Uh, yeah, I, I I really don't know what to say about it. Would that that's not what we stand for? And if that kind of person walked in here, we wouldn't welcome them. That is the filtered response, and that is crazy. I think that's something that people need to be thinking about when they hear someone like Nick Felino saying, um, "We all kind of asked, why are you doing this?" And Bergeron saying, or uh, I'm sorry, Marshan saying what he said. I think everybody's got to know, like these are the things they're saying to the media. Like this is not, this is not how they truly feel. If they're willing to expose this much was what I'm saying. You're seeing 10% of the pie, dude. Like they, they strongly feel this way. Um, Marshy, you pointed out to me would have like a, a particularly um, 
emotional response to this. Could you could you remind me exactly why? What 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 is his? Yeah, Marchand <clears throat> in the past has been like pretty quick to shut down like homophobic or just bigoted comments on social media, kind of like putting those people in like really bad spotlight, deservingly so. He's the team's like if you can play representative. Right. Uh, there's that's just that's been there was like I read an article is like there was like um, a red tape movement for like I think it was like anti-bullying of indigenous people or something mm-hmm. to that context. Very supportive of that. And I, I think the reason it kind of surprises people is because like Marshan on the ice is the heel. Like he is the villain because that's just where he thrives as a player. And then off the ice, like people kind of either don't realize or elect to ignore the fact that marsh brad martian the guy is a very stand-up guy by really everybody's account you're not patrice bergeron's best friend and an asshole like that doesn't work i don't know if you like, could be around patrice for 10 years and just come no, out an asshole no you, you truly can't possible no and and uh again I, i'm bouncing around a lot but i just that's just how many thoughts i have on this mm. it is such an affront by Bruins front office to do this in. Okay. So the Boston Bruins locker room culture is the best in the NHL. I think it is the heart of their insanely consistent success over the years is because you need to buy into it as a player. You need to fit the mold of that culture. And that culture was very specifically cultivated by Zidane Chara and Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron came back on the brink of retirement for one year on a team-friendly deal. And in that David year... David doing the and same Krejci, thing. And getting Krejci back. And in that year, this is you're going to throw this shit at him? On, like, next year, Bergeron's not going to be here next year. You're not going to have Bergeron or Chara here anymore. So you just have, like, you hope what they built was strong enough to outlast their time in the locker room. And before that even happens, you're going to introduce this kid... That's insane. Like I, it's it's one it's it's one thing from the fan perspective where like you're viewing it as like a last dance, and you're like, oh, I don't want anything to sully this. It's been perfect, you know. It's the you know they're ten and one at the time, and in you know Bergeron's looking great, Krejci's looking great. Like McAvoy isn't even back yet. Hampus is everything we hoped he'd be. Like everything's going perfect. Why would you fuck it up for us, the fans? It's another, like you said, to look at it through the lens of the guys who, uh, namely Bergeron, who's like, the, uh, uh, you put me in charge here, and you put a C on my chest, and I and you bribed me to come, <laughs> you bribed, you, you 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 strongly pushed me to come back. I'm here because of that leadership in a lot of ways, not just because of my production. And like I'm leaving behind this legacy of 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 a whole culture, and and this is where it's picking up after me. That's that's really cool. I'm glad to see I left the lasting imprint. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I will say this. I will say this. This is some of the. This is some of the. Um, what's the word we were using earlier? I'm getting tired of seeing some, some things. Some things I'm tired of of seeing. Um, what's the, what's the t- burnout is the word we were yeah. using drained, burned out. Uh, the, uh, the biggest burnout I'm seeing is, um, I mean, voice your displeasure. Like, I think we all should, that's what I'm doing right now. I think we all should be doing that. Y'all have your right to do it. And I also think it's just like the right thing to do. Um, calling for Sweeney's job is a waste of your breath. I think that's like, 
I don't think that there's any point in that. Do you think that Don Sweeney is going to see these and, and just like surrender millions of dollars and just like give up his job? Like there's, there's no reality in which that does anything. It's like, I don't know, fucking Johnny two sticks on Twitter going like, Mr. Sweeney, I hereby call for your resignation. That's great. I'm sure that's going to do it. I'm sure that tweet is going to do it. That those, those make my head spin. They make my eyes roll. It's like, just, just play your game, you know, like be your guy. But that, that I am so tired of seeing. They're not going to do it. And, and calling on, on the, on the Jacobs to do the right thing. You might as well ask Hades to escort you across the river, dude. It's not going to happen. Jake Jacobs are not going to do anything about it. Sweeney's not going to step down. I think the only thing I could see really happening is the NHL steps in, which like they kind of already have, <laughs> or um, they terminate it. And Sweeney makes some PR statement about like, we hurt our fans. We care so much about our fans and our fans and we love our fans. But like, that's all that's going to happen. That's all that's going to happen. I don't see this blowing over as nothing. I see him being gone soon because of all the outrage. I don't see his, I don't see Sweeney being gone because of the outrage under any circumstance. See, I'm in a, a, a different camp than you on this then. Um, so the way I look at it is I, I feel like we can safely say, <clears throat> or at least I really hope so that this contract isn't going to stand. Like I, I don't really see a path where, it ends up coming to fruition. I don't see Miller ever wearing the spoked B or even the spoked P for that matter. No. So then what you, you just say, we, we, we nix the contract. Oops. Our bad. That's what you you can't do. Well, yes, but it doesn't end there. Like it, you can't just walk that back and expect everyone to like, you know, put the pitchforks away and be like, all right, well, good call. Like because it's still. I think with time what, they do. With time well, they do. You walk it back. People eventually put them away. I guess, but still. So the decision that led to it, like that environment still exists. Like this is a symptom of something else. Like this is indicative of their thought process and what they're willing to do. So you're gonna the moment the contract is over, you ha- you're gonna still have a pretty a pretty big energy in the fan base, and it's gonna go somewhere. Could dissipate. Probably will. But I do think before that happens, a lot of it's going to shift towards Jacobs. And I'm sorry, not Jacobs, Sweeney or Neely and or Jacobs. I can I truly don't even have a guess whether or not anything will come from it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's going to be so much fucking pressure on Don Sweeney. I there's, there's some as there should be as there should there's be. gonna be a consequence. I just don't know what it is. I just it, don't it, see it, him facing any con- I mean, he's not gonna face any consequence from from the Jacobs. He's not going to face any consequence from the league. And there's so much stuff behind the curtain. Like, we don't know how much Sweeney pushed for this. We don't know how much Neely pushed for this. We don't know. Jacobs could have been involved. Jacobs could have been coming down Uh, from on high and like, (laughs) look at this guy. I don't really give a shit about his past. I don't think he gives a shit about hockey. I think he forgets he owns the Bruins sometimes. I think it's more likely that I'll say if Don wasn't the mastermind behind it, then he sure did jump on the grenade for no fucking reason because he yeah. said, I picked him up from the airport and I'm going to drop him off at the airport. If things go wrong, you know what that sounds like accountability. That sounds like him accidentally saying this was all my doing. So hand up to me if this doesn't work oh, and everyone it, going, it already doesn't work and he's going to have to walk it back and make that drive to the airport and say, yeah, that was on me. And like, 
I think this will, unfortunately, dude, just be another notch in the Sweeney is an asshole belt. It'll just be another thing that we look at five, ten years from now and go like, do you remember when he signed that piece of shit? I can't believe that. Do you think the players are just going to move on pretty quickly from it? Or do you think they're going to kind of harbor some resentment over this? They'll, if there's not a meeting, they should harbor some resentment. But like what should happen is that like, there's a team meeting that Sweeney sits down and is like, you know, I, 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 I should have, I did realize you didn't more. want to race this on the team. <laughs> I didn't realize I mean, that's downplaying it, but like, I mean, what it should be is like, I should have consulted you more. I should have listened to you more. And this is a culture of, of two-way conversation. And I learned a valuable lesson, me being Don Sweeney. I learned that that these voices need to be heard. And I thought I knew best and I didn't. And the fans really let me know it. And I, I think if that's what he comes out and says, and like that is like the the conversation that happens behind closed doors and that's the meeting, then I don't think there's any any anything that gets really harbored long term. I mean this is just such a stain. It, like that's yes. what I'm saying. Like when when his contract ends, it doesn't go away. Like I'm gonna. I mean, I can really only speak for myself. I'm not gonna forget this for the rest of the season and much longer than that. I'm not gonna forget that this happened. That the Bruins tried to fucking get away with this one, and it's just so disappointing. And like you forget sometimes, hockey's a business, and like they're not your friends. They're not here to like be a, a shining beacon of morality. But this is just like one of those like really crude reminders of how little they give a shit. If if nothing happens in the next like 48 hours, I would I would say that same thing. I would say this is insane how little of a shit they give. There there is I think still a window where they can say oh shit, okay, we hear you loud and clear. That's our bad. I'm not saying that makes it right, but it, it at least shows that like, hey, we're listening. We hear you because I mean, it'd be fucking impossible to not hear what's going on right now. Like they would have to be, you know, skipping to my Lou, my darling with headphones on. Like there's there's no way that they're 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 missing what's going on right now. It's just not enough. Like I don't I'm not going to give them kudos for walking back on this. Like this is such a an no, I don't think it's kudos. It's just recognizing that like they do at least hear it. Even still, like it's just such an established and understood and reported on story that I just can't fathom how they thought this was fine. And like it's again, like it's when the contract ends, I'm not going to feel much better. I will feel good, but it just almost feels like a foregone conclusion. I'm not upset because he's Mm -hmm. actively signed to the Bruins. I'm upset that the Bruins tried to sign him. Right. No, right. And, right, and, right. And again, for so many reasons, for mm-hmm. like basic human decency, for like a super narrow hockey perspective, like we don't fucking need this guy. Like, especially with like the PR shit attached to him, mm-hmm. like bad farming system, but like defense is like shored up for a little bit. We're all right. I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm getting upset and it's, I don't no, know. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's, it's the fact that they did sign him to begin with, but it only gets worse if they don't eradicate it soon, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. It and, only and it, gets worse the longer that he is still a member of this organization. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, well, we listen to you. We like, what are they going to be like? Oh, we didn't realize. Oops. Like, no. you guys are really no, upset I don't about think this. Like, you knew, like, it's in some part of you knew this was going to happen. You didn't have the press yeah. conference you had if you didn't think people were going to be upset about this. Yeah. 
No, 100%. But I will say this. I will say this. The game ended, and I saw the tweet I was fearing seeing like 20 seconds after the buzzer. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll blur that out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I saw the same tweet. Yeah. The front office didn't lose the, this game. No. They didn't. The guys didn't go out there and play half-assed. They weren't out there no. thinking, I can't believe I'm in an organization that would do this. I can't believe they're out there playing hockey. Yeah. And they're, you know, they, it's played, different. they played against a good team tonight. They played against a team that showed up. They, they couldn't get, uh, they couldn't convert scoring chances into goals. That uh, They had some weird offensive decisions that they kind of continued to make over and over again. Uh, they didn't capitalize on the power play. Let's just let's let's. Yeah, well, I yeah, here. well, I I just want to put a uh, yeah. a bow on the Miller thing. Yeah, and be like we're, we're both upset. As most fans are upset, I don't think the contract is going to stand. Sweeney Neal's future is indeterminate. Otherwise, probably fine. Unfortunately, and the Bruins leadership said exactly what you would want them to say. So I know a lot of people kind of are in this like I don't want to support the team, and I I get it. But there's, I think there's something to be said about the actual roster of players is, as you said, like as vocally against this with as strong of language as they can possibly utilize right now. And that's something for me. And that's enough where like, all right, I'm going to watch for them. I don't watch for the fucking front office. I'm not a fan of Sweeney strongly enough to be like, oh, can't wait to see the re. I, don't know. I can't wait to see the Bruins play well on Sweeney's behalf. So it's... <laughs> Come on, boys. Do it for Don. Yeah. Get out there and play for Don, guys. I say that every game. I yeah, touch like I have a little sign outside of my office. So when I'm leaving my office, I hit it like I'm on the Notre Dame football team. And it says, do it for Don. I have a Don Sweeney body pillow, actually. Is that the one that they took away from you on the airplane when they cut? When, that was a D. Should I not? No, that oh. was that, I, I've I've had run-ins with the TSA before. That was my old one. Uh, <laughs> that one that one was getting crunchy anyway. All right, <laughs> let's, let's get to this game. Anyway, um, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, so I don't know how in depth yeah. we're going to get into this game. I mean, there wasn't too yeah. much to talk about. Anyway. Yeah, it should be a fairly quick recap. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I'll I'll start by saying this, if you right. You're 10 and one. You're going to lose the game. You know, you're going to lose the game. That's it happens. not staying forever. This is exactly what that loss will look like. You don't you're game four on a road trip. Like you don't quite show up the way you want to. And when you do, it's a little too late and you're kind of struggling to capitalize on opportunities and you're playing against a team. That is the best 60 minute performance against the Bruins all season long. Toronto 100%. deserved to win that game. Toronto absolutely deserved to win that game. And the Bruins didn't even play like shit. They just got outplayed. They looked, they looked not their best. They looked a little off. They only had 21 shots. They're averaging 36 a game. They got held. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's fine. We're 10 and two. That's still stupid. Like that's <laughs> so yeah, like, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm like, yep, there's the loss. It's fine. Let's move on to Monday when we play one of the worst teams in the league on home ice. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm going to throw this guy out there as an early player of the game candidate. Oh, let's hear it. I think we should start doing that, by the way. Uh, maybe a player of the game. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, dude. <laughs> it's about time he had a good game. It's about time. I mean, dude, so first period, 
Lindholm on the back check is the first time I noticed him, which is crazy. He came back, broke up like it was basically like a two on oh. Uh, it's like a weird bounce. It wasn't like he got caught out of position or anything, or he got beat, caught flat-footed, anything like that. Weird bounce off the boards. Uh, he, he, he comes back strong, fast, and like a desperation save at the top of the circle uh, to, to break up a breakaway. Um, he also had some some incredible offensive plays. He was patient with the puck. Uh, he had that that beautiful setup also in the first period where where he was he was patient with the puck. Coming down uh, the, the far boards, waited till Pasta was open, hit him on the tape, and and I think Pasta just bobbled it. I don't know; it might have gone over his stick. But I think it just rolled off his stick. Yeah, it just looked like he he kind of gave Pasta a gift, and it it just was not received well. It was one of those games. It just yeah, that was that was the game, right? Like not them losing the game. That was the game in a nutshell. So like, yeah, just didn't yeah. get the bounces. And like even that first goal, it's like. The bees score first in what I think it was like eight of their first eleven games. Um seven and, or and eight. So they're yeah. not used they're not used to playing down one oh at the beginning anyway, but like if you're gonna give up the first one, that's one that like you can take for one thing, it's Austin Matthews. He's gonna net fifty of those this year again. Uh I, I would fifty, I'm gonna say fifty five, fifty five maybe again this year. And uh I mean this one he just Omar wasn't wasn't set. He was kind of looking back and forth. Puck bounced free. A couple of guys standing around. It happens. It's another one that you're like, hey, you know what? We'll get him. Let's go. Let's get back out there. Uh it it really it really didn't feel like uh it was gonna be a loss for quite a while. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um and I'll say in the first 10 minutes, Brandon Carlo really stuck out to me. He was playing yeah. very more aggressively than usual, and he had a couple of really good defensive plays. And he, so he had a play right before that Matthews goal where he, he tried to hit somebody. Well, he did hit somebody behind that net and kind of fell as a result. So you got him on the ice, and you have Matthews and another Leafs player right next to him. Mm-hmm. And then you got front row seat, bag of popcorn, A.J. Greer sitting at the top of the crease just watching every second of it. And that is... Like Olmark was, I, I, he didn't seem like on the move or like not really in position. I think it was just one of those, like, how the fuck did that go in? Like, it's like, I wasn't even upset. I was like, that isn't, that just happens. Like, that's the puck is small. It finds a hole sometimes. It's, mm-hmm. but I, out of all of that, I was like, Greer, like, make a play there, maybe. Like, especially when you have Carlo on the ground with two guys around him. Not, not the best. Not the best. Dude, something you just said reminded me i think it was the front row seat bag of popcorn in your lap at some point in the first period jack laughed and was like oh like hearing some uh some i forget the words they use like some like adult language that oh i quoted it uh, mitch up. marner has a dirty mouth is that what he said yeah you could hear fuck a couple times during this game they're like the the mics were really? picking them up tonight yeah i was not hearing it yeah, I'm. Just, I don't have the best ears in the game. It's fine. You don't work. Damn, with that audio. sucks. I like to hear a good old fuck on the ice every once in a while. <laughs> good old icy fuck. Uh, Jack also said something else that was cool. <laughs> Eight Bruins came into this game with a consecutive game point streak. <laughs> I also have that. Yeah, that that's. I put that in bold. I was like, yeah, let's let's talk about that. That's uh, stupid. But- I didn't see how many of those are still active now. Also, super small. Just want to throw this out here. Trent Frederick stole the puck from Austin Matthews tonight. 
that made that me happened. Feel, that made me so happy. It was like Matthews had just had a crazy deke and like kind of had it behind him, but like mm-hmm. Frederick still took it from him. And I was like one on one. Hey, and you know what? Trent Frederick better than Austin Matthews. People are saying it. You can never I, it take might that just away be me. from them. It might just be me, but I am. But there are people who are saying it. There is person saying it. Person is saying that. <laughs> um, all right, I, I want to get your opinion. Uh, this is a. Uh, all right, two uh, comments on the broadcast. One, we both noticed yeah. Nesson did not start the clock at the start of this game. No, they're still trying to find a scorebug guy. Their scorebug guy left recently. We got an away game national anthem. National Hell anthem. Yeah, we did. Hell yeah. Don't know I when love and the why Canadian that national anthem. It is nice. And the singer had a beautiful voice. They were very, beautiful. very well done. But yeah, that, that, that final note. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I, beautiful I had an anthem. old friend that would get extremely upset when people would embellish the anthem too much he would just be mm-hmm. like, sing the fucking song <laughs> so every time anybody takes liberties with it like i i just i can hear can the hear voice, voice in my head yeah i mean i i don't know i'm somewhere in the middle because there are certainly anthems that i hear where i'm like knock it off when when you when you when like when people start doing vocal runs like oh that was fergie what i just did there like I would have guessed Shakira. Have you ever heard Fergie's national anthem? Once. That was enough. That I can't stop listening to it. I listen to it all the time. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> the national Black anthem. A, Jack Black had a really good one. I fucking hate Jack Black. Okay. Um, we don't. All right, let's let's move on. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to fight. I don't want to hate you any more than I already do. <laughs> uh, dude, the national anthem also reminded me Mark Giordano. Is on he, this team. He's good. He's a plus. He was going to this game plus six. Like he's there. I mean, I know he's players. very good. He was. Yeah. He had a C on his chest last year. Yeah. No, I, like, I also when, forget every every time we play a team. There's at least one player. I'm like, when did you join the roster? Like that happened. You're here. There. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Uh, and OK. Yeah. And another broadcast uh, question for you is how do you feel about the behind the net camera? Usually reserved for power plays. I love it. Me too. I like it's it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It always makes me feel like there's like some real impending offense, usually because it's for a power play when like the puck is getting cycled. And then like, I think they use it right, a lot for replays when there is a goal. So you're like, I think that's oh, also why. Here we go. Yeah, no, it's one of the only alternate camera angles I genuinely like. I also think they cut way too many times. Like they'll mm-hmm. just do weird zoom ins on players like way away from the actual play. Mm-hmm. But I but I did enjoy that camera angles as well. No, I love those. I love that. I I think a power play should be like entirely that until like the puck gets cleared. Yeah, I think it could be zoomed out even a little further. But I agree. I like that angle. I, I think yeah. you'd see the setup really well. Mm-hmm. Dude, I went to give credit to somebody late in this first period. Don't do that. And you know what? I actually did repeal it. I went back <laughs> and watched it again, and I was Good. like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, you know what? This is actually worse than if you had done nothing. Um, Grizz blocked a shot on a two-on-one. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Grizzy breaking up a two-on-one. All yeah. right, there we go. Like, it's on Tavares, too. And yes, he did. That he did. That you can't take away from him. But but this particular block shot, I went back and watched it again because I was like, was Grizzy like putting his body on the line? What, what is he doing? Is Sick. he doing that? He did that same exact feet together, turn sideways, let me step out of your oh, way God. shit that he that allowed a goal in the last game. It's like it just 
he happened to get lucky this time. Like Grizzy's Grizzy in that situation in in odd man rushes and in um like high scoring areas. I don't know if there's a guy I trust less to to put his body on the line or to take the body with somebody like Grizzy's got to like step it up there. That's bad. I know obviously I'm talking about a situation where it worked, but it's so much more luck than it is uh, skill or smarts in that situation. And shout out to him to wait for Derek shot blocker Forbert to be out for a month to start forgetting how to block shots. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't remember this being a long-term issue. No, like, and yeah, I, I, I honestly, outside of these last two games, I couldn't, I have no memory of being like Grizz, what the fuck are you doing blocking the shot that way? Yeah. But no, I noticed that as well. Um, at some point we got to talk about our boy. We have several boys. Oh, Marshy. Yeah. I like right. that. You just know I like yeah. that. You knew that. Yeah. 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 yeah well, no, he, Brad Marshy, man. Well, I built my last note for the first period is he was super pissed about that offsides call. Mm-hmm. It was like him and Bergeron, like with pretty good momentum heading into the zone. I and thought like, he might get a misconduct. It looked on sides to me, but I am not a linesman again. Can't skate. But yeah, I that that was like the the one thing that I noticed. That and I love when Brad Marchand gets physical. There's something really fun about how he yes. hits. He's just so small and dense. Like he just like it is always like through the other person's chest because that's the only place he can reach them. And it's Dude. just I, when he is physical, like, you know, he's on like that is like like he, he'll have really good offensive games where that's all he's focused on. But like when he is like really geared up, like that's when he starts getting physical. You can say the same thing about Pasternak. Like Pasternak, every now, every now and then he has very physical games and they're usually good games for him. I think like I, I think like there's a difference in them, though, because I think when when Pasta is playing pissed off. I don't expect that it's going to be a big pasta game. Like it may, okay. it might be, but it's like, there are times where like pasta's an emotional guy. He's an emotional player. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I don't know him, but like he's a, he's an emotional player. So like he gets riled up at, at some things and like, he doesn't calm down quick. So uh, there are times I think it affects his play negatively. And like, you can see like he's playing pissed off and not in a good way. But like Marshy, when Marshy's playing pissed off, it's always a good way. Yeah. It's like the second he hits the ice, he's just like, I don't know, like he's got Nas on his skates or something. It's like, he's just fucking moving. Yeah. And there, I, I think that uh, there's kind of like a superstar aspect where you just get hit a lot more for being a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think pasta is like, not the type of guy who's quick to like shake it off. Like, like emotionally like you look at like Crosby or McDavid and they get like run down every game like a lot of very questionable hits and like most replays you just see them like get up and like not even not phased like it happens possibly never I don't feel like I remember him doing that I feel like it's always taken a number like last game we were talking about this last game he got hit thought it might have been a call yep got up and then drilled somebody else like that's you're going to see that more from pasta than just the like get up. Eh. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's an age thing, but it's also just like, seems like a personality thing. Yeah. I think it's just, I think it's, it's just who he is. That's fair. But, but when, when Marshy gets going to, yeah, him getting physical, it's like, you know, he's going to have a big game. Cause like the game where he gets like a five minute misconduct is also a game where he has, you know, four two points. goals and two assists. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I thought he might get a misconduct during that offsides thing. Really? I when he I, fired the puck at the boards and turned around, I was like, dude, we don't. I don't know. We I don't know if we shoot the puck. We leave. He was the yelling puck alone. at them. He he wasn't just agreeing. He was yelling at them. So I guess that's fair. But yeah. They know, uh, but Brad, they know what they're getting in for. Did he do something yeah. else this game noteworthy? Surely, some got a penalty after? shot goal. Rob, he scored oh, a penalty it. shot. Samsonov <laughs> bit so hard on he, that. Like, like, he, like the, the way he tried to make that save is what I would look like trying to make that save. Just like, kind of like, oh, uh, like falling away. Like he didn't even look like he. He looked like he knew it wasn't going to work. That's what that save <laughs> looked like. That is like the definition of undressing somebody. Yeah, that's dude, that's brutal. a yard sale. Just absolutely like, I'm amazed he kept all of his shit on him. I'm amazed his helmet and blocker didn't just fly off in the wind that Martian created. Um, first of all, are we back to saying Samsonov? I feel like everybody's saying Samsonov again. Well, Jack made a comment about how last year it was one thing and now it's another. Last and year was Jack Samsonov. is big on getting names correctly. So I grew up as a Bruins fan watching Sergei Samsonov. Yep. And it was Samsonov. And then so when this fella came along, I was like, oh, Samsonov. And then in the broadcast, they were all like, Samsonov. And I was no. like, sure, we'll do that. And I corrected. And now they're like, nah, we're just kidding. It was Samsonov. <laughs> no, it's we like Martian you. was Marshawn for a while. And then mm -hmm. like, I think he just did it to mess with people. And then he, next season, he'd be like, no, it's Marshawn again. Just kidding. Yeah, doesn't like, he change it every other year? I don't know. So going back to Jack's thing. So Jack's thing is he would ask the player, how would your mother pronounce your name? That's how he would Beautiful. ask them. Yeah. Which is like, oh, no, oh, Jack. So I, I, it's again, like that's big on him. So of course he made a comment about it during the broadcast. Also, I want to make a I make one. I want to make a quick detour back to Marchand's uh, penalty shot goal mm -hmm. because it reminded me last year he had I think it was an OT winner against Montreal mm -hmm. where he I like to this day I don't understand the move he made. It looks like he he shot it like two inches, collected it like forehand, collected it, and then went backhand and scored on I think it was Price at the time. Actually, I think he was he was playing mm -hmm. at that point. Price was so mad. Like he was like he he just shrugged and looked over, like kind of like, what the fuck was that? Are you kidding me? Like, no, I'm not saving that. Like, I don't remember this. I'll like I'll, I'll send this. it to you afterwards. Yeah, it, it's such a ridiculous goal that probably only Brad Martian and like a handful of other people in the world would even try to pull off. But it just that his penalty yeah. shot kind of reminded me of that. Just like it's I mean, forehand backhand is not exactly a rarity in penalty shot moves, but mm -hmm. just the way that he like completely beat the guy like 10 feet out from the crease. Like it was mm -hmm. over. Like it's like he makes the kick and it's like, cool, open net. I just got to not <laughs> miss it. No, when he when he wants to make you look foolish, dude, he does a good job of it. Uh, this penalty shot was also Marchand's 800th career point. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that so much. Congratulations, Brad Marchand. 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 He also was uh, not on the bench for a, a little bit of time shortly after that. He had to that. take a shit. On, probably. But Brick thought it might have been an equipment issue. So he yeah. wasn't like, hurt or anything. Yeah. But I think it might have been one of those things that had to go take a shit. It happened. Did you see that Sutter quote? Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, yeah. the press. Okay, comment. I wanted to make sure you knew yeah. what I was. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so good. I, I love Sutter. So at this point in the game, I had a note that the the pace of play in this game was amazing. This was a very entertaining game. Not a great mm -hmm. outcome. Entertaining game. There was For like sure. multiple 
times where there was more than four minutes of consecutive play. Mm-hmm. Like I think like two or three. It felt times. like it went by quick too. It was a fast the whole game. game. It definitely felt like a fast game. But no, uh, it, it was still very enjoyable. Uh, d- where did you notice where in the second that um, Samsonov got hurt? No, I didn't notice at all. It was the same thing with Lindgren last game, where it's just you you tune into the third period or the next period, and they're like, yeah, they're gone. I yeah. didn't even I didn't even notice it. It was I think Jack made a comment like saying Samsonov saved it and then corrected himself. And said it was the other goaltender. So no, I, yeah, did I was going to say I. <laughs> I, ju- yeah. I was just looking especially at with it, a like, goalie, especially with a goalie. That's so weird. Yeah. Like to just like keep playing through something that's so bad you can't go back into the game is is strange. It was, it was Eric Colgren. Oh right, it was Colgren. Yeah, Colgren. How did I forget that? Seven saves on seven shots. Did his job, dude. Did his job. He sure did. Matthews had dude. five shots. That's nuts. Very Another thing Ma- on Marshy, but yes. Another thing on Marshy. Uh, that interference call early in the third when they were like, uh, not a penalty. Mainly, not. A penalty. You don't think so? I was going to say the opposite. Uh, I don't think it was a dive. I think his skates, their skates, got caught up together. Or I'm saying I don't know what. So what are you saying exactly? I'm saying that I. It was a tr- he got called for uh, interference against yep. um, the, like Marshy drew an interference call. Yeah, Tavares. Yeah, well, it was okay. And uh, Brick was like, ah, yeah, Marsha and helping him out there because Tavares was calling for a dive. And like they showed the replay, and Brick is like, yeah, Marshy helping him out there, playing up a little bit. And I was like, I don't think that's the case at all. Like, I'm I'm looking at their feet and it looks like their skates got tangled up. It looks more like a trip than an interference, but like it wasn't the hand on the shoulder that like knocked Marshan mm-hmm. down. I don't know. I may, maybe I miss saw it, dude, but it looked like their skates got jammed up. Okay, now and I got my wires crossed. I was thinking about something else entirely. Yeah, I did write down helped himself to the ice maybe a bit. Wait, and it's like I I, I don't know. Always I think... have that inclination when it's Marshan because Marshan draws more penalties than anyone else on the Bruins by like a pretty good margin every year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's funny because yeah. it's like he's the reputation guy. So like he gets a lot of calls against him for being Marshan. But like he I don't think there's anybody better on the Bruins at drawing penalties than Brad Marshan. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's good. I didn't get but, like I mean, a fantastic didn't... look at it on like a second or third like replay. Mm-hmm. But my initial reaction was like, yeah, maybe a little bit. You're, they're going to call I that watch it the time. It wasn't an embellishment. I don't I think. don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I want to watch it dog. back. I just I thought it was I, like I, it. Do you consider dives and embellishments two different things? I think it's the same penalty now. I think a dive is when nothing happened and you act like it didn't. An embellishment is they committed a penalty and then you made it seem worse. That's how always, I've always looked at it. I think it's one of those like obstruction hooking calls. It's like obstruction yeah. dash hooking. I think it's like diving dash embellishment. It's like a form yeah. of embellishment penalties is a diving call. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, other way around? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Back to the end of the second period real quick because I just yeah, want to yeah. talk about this. Um, you notice Hall and Giordano almost fought. No, I didn't. I was I was in and out of the second. I was I have a I have a baby. I was trying to get to sleep, so I was like watching the game in bed with him. I need you I to be more committed to this. Yeah, this, I'm if, so sorry. And I'm <laughs> trying to look for another home for him. Look faster. My bad. Uh, uh, what, no, so, no, so what Hall, happened? So Hall was just like streaking into the zone, like up the wing, and Giordano went to go hit him on the boards, and Hall's. Power forward Taylor Hall uh, just had the momentum and just kept going and kind of gave him a four and shiver and knocked him right to the ground. It was really cool. 
and then you could kind of see it in the background the camera was like moving away from them but they were doing that thing where they're ignoring the play skating just like kind of gliding and staring and jawing at each other mm-hmm. and like I, I it almost looked like some like hand twitching like are we going to do this like one of them was like do it uh, but nothing came of it. But I'm really always ready for a Taylor Hall fight, even though like he's one of those guys. I'm like, please do not hurt your hands. I was gonna they, say they, that's they like mean they mean too much. Don't. Like, yeah, we have enough. I don't know if I'm ready for a Taylor hands. Hall fight. It's cool. It's one of those cool in theory things. And then you're super nervous the whole time, dude. Um, the power plays not that not came great. from one that Marshy call, and then the one that happened immediately after it. Those like back to back power plays. Mar- the, the one for Marshan's penalty was awful, or at least worse. Worse than the second one, I'll say. They yeah, they just couldn't really keep the puck. and slow entries, which has been not how it's been going so far this season. They were just like kind of it looked like last year when they were just kind of like trudging in and like oh here we come, like it just didn't work. But then no, yeah, I, like immediately DeBrus draws the penalty. Well, he got boarded. I guess is probably the more authentic way of saying it. But it's almost like the second that um, they lose the blue line on the power play, like presuming that like you know face off in the in the ozone. The second they lose the blue line, it's like I've lost faith in the power play. Like they're breaking their zone entry. Yeah, no, if you can't get in, I don't have faith that you're going to be converting on the off chance that you do eventually get in. Yeah. So, Uh, okay, I really want to talk about Pasta not playing the puck because he thought a penalty was coming. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Simultaneously, should have been a penalty, one, and then two, don't fucking not play the puck. Like, do not assume that is coming. Like, he, I think he still got it, or like it didn't end the ozone time. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like, that is like a, a rookie mistake, not a David Posner mistake. Unless, like, you see the hand up, you don't do that. that at was, first, that was, I thought maybe he didn't see the puck. I, I, yeah, well. That's what I thought at first. And then I saw another angle and I was like, no, he's looking at the puck and then turned to the referee. Yeah. So I I gave him the benefit of the doubt because I saw him not playing and I was like, oh, a penalty is coming. And then it didn't. And I was like, no, don't. How dare you bamboozle me, David Pasternak? I love David Pasternak. I think he is probably like the most pure skill on the team. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. He like the highest ceiling of anybody. Mm-hmm. I think we should give him the bank. <clears throat> but I would never accuse him of being the smartest hockey player. No, we talked about this. I, I, yeah. this is, I'm he going to, I'm going to, no, not, you're, you're cutting me off to my point. Thank you very much. I'm, this is a sacrilege to some of the fan mm-hmm. base. David Postonak, I do not think has a very high hockey IQ. Not bad, not low, but not high. I don't think that's where his skill lies. And coupling that with his emotional tendencies creates some situations like that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like there was, I mean, the end of this game, there's five, seven, seven seconds left, I think. He gets the puck in the circle and is holding it. It's yeah. like 
those are the things it's like, dude, you gotta be aware of that. And it's like, you obviously can't like shake down David Pasternak. You're like, dude, you're just, you're like so incredibly talented and you're so fun and you're so cool. Like do your thing. Like you're going to be the face of this franchise for, I hope the next 10 plus years. Uh, but it's like, Hey David, do you think maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> just like, just glance at the clock, just glance, just a quick glance. Just like, check it out what the, what the clock is doing. So like we know because we don't have a lot of time left, you know. Could yeah. maybe next time, it's it's plays like that that like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's such an interesting feeling. It's like I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing David Pasternak, but like that I would well, criticize any player in that situation, you know. Yeah. Um. So that the last like five minutes of this game gave me shades of last season because there were a, a fair amount of games where they just weren't shooting it nearly enough. And not mm-hmm. even like the opportunities just weren't there, but they just weren't shooting when they should. And nobody wants to be the shoot guy. But I mean, but sometimes, shoot. but shoot, um, like only 21 shots this game. Toronto was collapsing pretty hard on the Bruins. There weren't a ton of opportunities. So like it was going to be on the lower end regardless. But yeah, like at the very end, there was a few times like there was like one play where Krejci had it high, like high slot Pro- could have taken a wrister, but he's David Krejci. So he said, no, you have the puck. And he gave it to Nick Felino. and Nick Felino, I think got a shot off, but like, it was like, still he held it longer than he needed to. I think, I think Nick Felino was like, Hmm, is there anybody else? Maybe hasn't <laughs> had it in a while. We're trying to get or, everybody a goal. All right. <laughs> I already scored this about, week. Like, have you talked about just looking around? I yeah, no, there was definitely so the Bruins shot selection in general is really strange. There are moments where guys have it. By the way, Astros just won the World Series. Um, don't tell me that. There are it just happened. Uh, oh, don't, if, don't tell me that. It also got spoiled by a tweet for me. How funny is that? <laughs> After who? My who? Not, not even Bob Nightingale. I fucking oh, okay. blocked him. It was a different guy. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm always be another slightly pissed off about that while while thinking about the Bruins shooting habits. Um, there, there are moments where they're they're in like high uh, high scoring areas and just hold. And I'm like, what are shoot that? Maybe what, what is this? And there's one type of low, um, like low scoring area that that they continuously have been using all year and i really only put it together today like while i was watching early in the game it happened twice and then i looked up um some footage from uh the the past couple games i was like i think i've seen that a few times and i watched it back and it has happened and then it happened two more times during this game you're on the edge of your seat you're like what are you talking about i was about? about to say that i'm on the edge of my seat um there are Certain defensemen, uh, Hampus, uh, Carlo, I'm sure McAvoy when he gets back, who I think are getting a longer leash offensively that will even switch sides to come onto their forehand side, play the board, get it down to like low circle and are taking this poor, low angle, high rebound opportunity shots and the traffic like falls back. So like falls back to the net or away from the falls net. back away from like high slot. Okay. 
like generating generating net front rebounds from defensemen taking shots from the boards. And I think that's like a coached thing because I oh, I saw yeah. it three times tonight and I went back and I found two other examples in two other games. And I was like, I was like, that is strange. I can't, I don't know if I've ever seen exactly that, but like it's, it's like offensively minded defensemen who are getting like this go ahead that like, Hey, cycle it down and, and take a shot from like the goal line. Why not? And, yeah. And just, and we'll just like keep some coverage up top. We'll just outnumber them up top in case we need to go the other way. Or if that rebound comes straight out, which tonight it did, but it, it got, got gobbled up. But honestly, I, I think there uh, a lack of shots from the blue line was probably another issue tonight. Because uh, mm. even just like uh, in recent memory, I can think of uh, the Zaka tip goal from Lindholm's wrister. I can think of Lindholm's wrister himself and then Grizzlick's wrister. There's a lot of offense coming, not just directly from the defenseman scoring, but like you said, like rebound opportunities, tip opportunities. I think that's been really big for them. And the reason the defensemen are racking up points, particularly Hampus Lindholm. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. That like, And that's like, we kind of keep saying, and everybody keeps saying Montgomery system. And I, I, I think that is a pretty concrete example of a coached play from Montgomery's system that is contributing to the Bruins having the, are probably, I mean, the best offense in the NHL right now, or at least scoring the most goals per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one in particular that I was like, that does not look like the Bruins of old. That is no. this year specific. I think that's coming from coaching. Um, it's just interesting. It's just something that I haven't really seen apply yeah, before. Uh, it makes sense because Monty hasn't been an NHL coach before. Yeah. Head coach. And then a, another uh, system comment, and I, I texted you about this during the game, is how, like, and we, again, we keep saying the transition game. There was a really good example of it in the first period where, the Maple Leafs try to enter the Bruins zone. I think the puck just rolled off one of their sticks and the Bruins D-man was probably like 10 feet into the zone off the blue line. And he collected it like, and he was skating backwards, but like immediately passes it right up. And I think that in years past, you're way more likely to see the D-man carry that further back into the zone and then let everybody regroup and kind of go for like one, one push forward we're here. They're really pushing, pushing, pushing where they're like, no quick ups, quick ups. Uh, so, and I, I think that's another reason both the Bruins as a team are scoring more and the defensemen are getting more involved meaningfully with the offense. I think that's a, one of those, like, this is what that looks like. Cause you can just say they're involved, but that's what it looks like. That is the type of play that they're now making more that is working for them. You are muted. I am muted. Sorry. I, they look different in every facet of the game, I think, other than like oh, their yeah. power play. But like even their neutral zone play is all, also weird. Um, I don't think it was weird. Just 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 different. Just different than than in years past. I don't uh, think I was expecting the team to look as different as they do. Which is weird. It is yeah. weird, but it, it just seems to work for him. It oh, just seems clearly. to work for this yeah. group. I mean, Monty's kind of, it seems like his system is built for these guys, or he's smart enough to tailor it around the skills of the guys that he has, which I, I wouldn't put past him for no reason other than I just want to. Um, now, do you want to hear something horrible? Uh, yes, I, I do. Now, we already know that the Toronto Maple Leafs goal song Oh no, is... Uh, you make my dreams come true by all notes. 
<laughs> that is horrible. Yeah. I suspect that's not what you're here to tell me. Do you know what their win song is? Do you know what uh, Clay? What? No. What is it? I'm not fucking with you. I is swear it, to God. You need it, to look this up. That uh, this is this is what played when if it's they won. Simon Garfunkel. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> they won a hockey game during the end of a 2000s romantic comedy. Apparently. <laughs> Is Toronto in like 1981, dude? What is that? What is that? Oh my god, that's so funny. Maxine Nightingale's get stone. right back to where we started from. Oh, oh, good god! Like Toronto, I already hate you. Like this is the equivalent of you made the sale, stop selling. I don't like you. Like you don't need to give me more reasons to not like you. Both of those. Choices are like if you put my mom in charge of a hockey team. <laughs> like which that's it. Put. Honestly, that's exactly yeah. it. It was like a, a a joke fan vote for like best song, but they only sent the links out to like mothers <laughs> for some reason. Like this is a really niche joke that like is so niche. I don't even know if you'll get it. But like for any New Hampshire people, that is a ninety five point seven WZID <laughs> one two right there. <laughs> I always appreciate a good New Hampshire radio joke. No, uh, it's like, you know, all. it's like, yeah, it's like they're playing that song. They just have like photos of Princess Diana flashing on the scoreboard. It's like, <laughs> it's like mom's night every night. Like, that's it. <laughs> Toronto loves moms. Toronto just loves Princess Diana. <laughs> Don't we all? Wait, what is the, wait, can you tell me the Princess Diana story again with your mom? I oh, love this it. is, this is really good. All right. So the onion a few years ago, they just put out uh, an article. It's like area mom off thinking about Princess Diana again. Yeah. And I read it and I was sitting next to my mom and I know mm -hmm. that my mom loves Princess Diana. Like I went to London this summer and the one thing I got for her was a Princess Diana mug and she almost cried. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so I read the article and I'm like, I just, I, I looked over at my mom and I'm like, do you ever think about Princess Diana? And just like thousand yard stare while like nodding up and down, she just turned to me and went all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I didn't all quite know what to expect. I thought it would be more of a what? <laughs> Not a. I understood your question and all the time, Rob. I've been waiting for you to ask me this for years. Joe, do you ever think about Princess Diana? I'll tell you, I forget about Princess Diana pretty often. I wish I didn't. <laughs> this is our new outro it's just where it's gonna play <laughs> all right folks thanks so much for tuning in to bear with me and we're just gonna talk about princess diana all right tune in later this week or at some point we gotta go through our schedule again because i don't think i'm around next weekend so we gotta figure out what we're doing we have to do when the ticket tickets we can, we do that on, can, we, can we do that on the fly right now And let me just finish running the numbers on our random retweeter generator here. Congratulations. The real T Perry, Tyler Perry, you've won yourself two tickets to see the Boston Bruins and the Calgary Flames. Woo! This is it Thursday? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes. Th Thursday this Thursday night. evening. 
this Thursday evening. Two in tickets. Boston, Massachusetts. They are all yours. Yeah, we'll reach out to you on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who retweeted it. Uh, we'll do another one of these at some point whenever uh, Rob wants to give away his season tickets again. And not just, <laughs> like, when I, I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot of God notice. of War. So. <laughs> all right. Well, well can, thank you to, uh, to everybody. Congratulations to Tyler Perry. Uh, I hope you have a great time. We'll, we'll reach out. Maybe we'll get a picture from Tyler at this game. Yeah, I'll be doing a, at least one more giveaway, probably by the end of the calendar year, and then another one, at least one more after that before the end of the season. Yeah, cool. So uh, follow us to stay stay in touch for the next giveaway, and to just stay in touch for this A plus content you were receiving. Help us get big on Twitter before it implodes. <laughs> are you gonna get flagged who cares man have a great <laughs> evening everybody thanks right. so much for listening to bear with me and remember bear with me, with me. all right that's the last time we can do that okay. i kind of start starting to like it uh and no one's telling us not to do it